Welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkstar. Hey guys, how's it going? And welcome to another episode of Patriots Nation UK. Coming up on this week's show on Patriots Nation UK, we have the Browns Review um, with myself, at Matt Inkster on Twitter, and my co-host as usual is Nick, at the underscore panic on Twitter. How's it going, Nick? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, just working away as normal and things. How was... Have you been? We've not really spoken that much recently. You've been busy yeah, with your birthday of, and such like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm old. Um, not as yeah, old no, as me, uh, so you're all right. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it's been good. Just, uh, yeah, kind of spent a lot of time watching sports, as always. But, yeah, good. Yeah, well, I try and watch as much sport as I can, but I get grief for it sometimes from the wife. So we've, I've got to spend time with her and the family as well. Um, but, yeah, apart from that, I've just been um dusting around working and such like i actually watched the the browns game in a bar this week for the first time and i can't remember how long since i've watched a game in a bar normally it's in the house um me myself and i up, up in my deep dark hole but this week um shout out to my friend from denmark um asger sorry i didn't actually quite catch how i pronounce your name properly my friend um he was over for just a, just a night, just maybe a couple of nights um, doing work here in Aberdeen. He was over from Eschberg in Denmark. Um, so we were messaging back and forth and decided to meet up in one of the local bars that show the NFL on a Sunday and proudly wore our patch jerseys as we went on to beat the Browns. Um, it was official or unofficial Browns Day in the bar, so that was quite fun sitting with quite a few Browns fans, believe it or not, in um, dreary Aberdeen. But we came out smiling on top. So, but just before that, before we get into the view, I um, just wanted to touch on some news that's happened in the past couple of um, days. The trade deadline has passed as of 8pm UK time because we're not we're only four hours of difference just now with the clocks going back at the weekend so um, as of recording this the trade deadline passed um, only a couple of hours ago yesterday's news was the signing of quarterback Cody Kessler and today in the last couple of hours was Mike Nugent has been released after fluffing a couple of kicks at the weekend and Eric Tomlinson has also been released with the speculation going forward that that might be for Nikhil Harry's spot coming off IR. And they have signed a kicker in Nick Folk in replacement. What's your thoughts on that, Nick? Yeah, I think the last couple of games um, kind of showed that, um, well, just speaking on Nugent quickly, that they didn't have a, a great deal of confidence in in Nugent, they went for an awful lot of fourth downs. They didn't really seem to want to kick any field goals that had any distance at all. But I was still a bit surprised to see them release him. It's hard to sort of find somebody that's going to come in and perform much better than he has, but maybe Nick Folk can can do that. Um, I thought when Matt Bryant got released by the Falcons, I thought that was somebody they might have a look at but obviously they've no interest in him either 
Um, Eric Tomlinson, I think that's been coming. It's they all pretty much released him last week um, before yeah. changing their mind at the last minute. <laughs> I know. So, so I wasn't a huge surprise. And yeah, I think that roster spot will stay open until Nikhil Harry's uh, activated uh, this week, probably on Saturday. Yeah, the um, as far as I'm aware, if he's going to be game ready for Sunday, he's got to be activated by Saturday. And if he's not activated by Saturday, it has to be by Tuesday. Otherwise, his season's over and he'll stay on IR. Um, I think, yeah, I think he'll fit into... I'm not sure how much we'll actually see of him during the season. Um, going forward between now and January, I think he's going to come in and pretty much replace Tomlinson a lot of the time and be that sort of block and wide receiver that Belichick likes. And it might be one well work one way or the other because Sanu is pretty good at blocking as well. So you know it could be either or working as that sort of tight end um, person, maybe in the two tight end set and such like for some um, running plays. But the the Cody Kessler thing as well that was a bit of a surprise to me actually. That kind of uh, I wasn't see. expecting it, but I don't think it really means anything at all. I think. Obviously, they sang earlier in the season, and it well, was perceived to kind of just be for the practice squad. So I assume it's just the same again. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I don't really think there's much yeah. to look into from from that point of view. No, I think it's we've got some so-called tough games coming up. Um, one as much prep, and you know, being the the QB for the the team on the opposite end just to get some reps for Brady and um, and Jarrett Stidham if required. Um, you know, basically the role he had before, essentially. Um, so with that being said, I think we should head into the the Browns review of this game. Let's break it down, Nick. What was your overall thoughts first of all? Uh, yeah, it was obviously like the the toughest game they've had so far. Um, I think it kind of on both sides of the ball. I thought the defense was still pretty good, but I don't think they were as good as they have been the previous weeks. Um. The Browns certainly ran the ball an awful lot. Whether that was by design or they just didn't really manage to to dominate in the run game, I'm not I'm not too sure. But uh, it seemed to be that Chubb broke an awful lot of tackles, so that's definitely something only to work on going forward. Um, sort of reminded you know, a little bit of the of the Bills game where they made a conscious effort to run the ball, mm-hmm. and they were able to do so. So it's, it just makes you think if, if a team sort of does manage to stick around a little bit longer and they focus on running the ball, is that a way that they'll have success against Patriots going forward? It'll obviously shorten the game. It'll keep the score down. With the Patriots offense not really firing on all cylinders, maybe a little bit of a concern going forward, especially in the, the run of the next four or five games that will prove pretty difficult. Mm, it's, I'm not too concerned um, I must admit I've been flip-flopping back and forth on this one for the last couple of weeks thinking about it and I'm just I've come to the conclusion that if they need to step up they will but you know when the defence are playing in what way who's going to step up sorry well I think just overall that you know going in uh, was it the third quarter or maybe early in the fourth um, on Sunday, Brady was sitting at something ridiculous, like he'd 
only thrown for about 100 yards, but, you know, he finished for 256 yards, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they got 50 of those on one pass, though. Well, exactly. The screen pass to James White, like, that's not going to yeah. go for 50 every week. I, no. I, th- I, th- I think the offense is still poor. I think they badly need something from receiver. Um, they're still getting nothing from tight end. So it's, yeah. that's just a position that's not going to produce for them this year. They'll get bits and pieces out of it from Ben Watson, but not from anyone else. Like Lacoste or Izzo don't... Well, Lacoste is never healthy to start with, and Izzo... Well, Izzo's hurt just now as well, but he's never really looked like being able to do much in the passing game. Um, Sanu obviously played his first game on, on Sunday there. He had a couple of catches, but you saw there was still like... They were still developing chemistry, so to speak. A few times they weren't quite on the same page, but that will have to improve, and I think they need Harry back. I, th- I think they need Harry and Sanu both to come in and make a pretty big impact to kind of allow that offense to do anything. Um, yeah. Otherwise, they're going to be relying on defense week after week. Um, every week, defense is setting them up in short-yarded situations, and they're not even... They're, they're coming out with field goals. Sometimes mm. not even that when they get blocked or missed. So what happens if the defense all of a sudden doesn't get those turnovers or big stops one week? I'm, I'm not sure your offense is capable of actually driving the length of the field multiple times to score. There's certainly work being done, obviously, but the the offensive line is still a concern for me. Yeah. Um, Shaq Mason missed the last game as well. Yeah. he Him coming up on the inactive list for Sunday was a bit of a uh, not a shock, but you know, because yeah, I think he's obviously been battling something for a little while, and you know, enough was enough come Sunday. But him going down, the, it's it's been too fluid so far this season. They need to get just you know every single position locked down: right tackle, left tackle, guard, um, centers, obviously. Um, Karras, he's been probably the one mainstay, and actually been looking quite athletic in the last couple of weeks. Um, Joe Tooney had a strong but silent game on Sunday, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was probably his best game for a few weeks. Um, mm. I think he didn't start the, the season that great, but he's, it's hard to analyse offensive line when you aren't actually, you don't know the calls and anything, but from what you're able to see, he looked pretty good. Um, I just don't think you're going to get that consistency over the line for the next week while um, I would assume the the goal is ultimately to get Isaiah Wynn back. So mm-hmm. once he is back, that's going to be another change that you make. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting over the next few weeks. Um, still, I can't remember exactly, but it must be must be two weeks before Wynn can be back. So yeah, yeah he's week ten. If he'll be he'll be straight back into it, or if it'll or if he'll yeah. be like an extra week on top of that. Yeah, possibly. Well, Assu- assuming it is when they choose to to take back, I would guess so. It would be um, hard pressed to think otherwise. Um, who who else they would take? You know, that's the position of need, really. I think, as far as we we can all see. So, if it's not him, then I'd be shocked. Um, but. The the Patriots came out twenty seven thirteen winners. Obviously, it was. I mean, shout out to Bill Belichick. It's his three hundredth win 
um, of his career. The first one, as everyone knows, you know, it came again as the the Browns coach against the Patriots, and it's turned full circle for the 300. So it's not something um, you would see ever. Um, you know, a 300th win doesn't really come around very often. I think that's he's yes. only the third one. Yeah, the third coach to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so he's the third one. So obviously, it doesn't come around once in a generation, really. Um, and you'll never see it come first game against the. And I guess <laughs> yeah, that's the end uh, up it was like a funny little quirk. <laughs> yeah, um, but as much as the defense sets up again, the in a way the Browns kind of let themselves down. They had three turnovers and three consecutive snaps that just completely blow a hole in their game plan and. You know, game was over the end of the first quarter almost. Um, if they were an AFC East, I would be sitting here right now with my rant I had a few weeks ago about them killing themselves. Yeah. I won't be quite that harsh on the Browns because they don't have a track record of crap in their pants against the Patriots. <laughs> um, on a regular basis anyway, but that was pretty much what happened. Yeah. Um, for Chubb to fumble the ball... The first one I'll kind of let him away with, like the ball got kicked out by a lineman that got absolutely dominated. Yeah, that I think you chalk that up to one of those things. Yeah, but to fumble the ball after you've broken through like two, three tackles and you're you're well inside the red zone, you just need to hold on to the ball. He was too high. He he had to feel some pressure. Um from John Jones. He has to have some awareness there. But yeah, to, to fumble there, it's it's inexcusable. Odell Beckham, I don't know if you've seen the video, he actually spots it like pretty last minute and he does try to sort of stop uh, Jones swatting the ball, but he, he obviously doesn't manage. Mm. Uh, but yeah, for Chubb, to, uh, it's just a bad, bad fumble. But then he performs really well after that. But yeah, it's... I thought from the flip side, I thought for from our point of view, for John Jones to get tracked back that far, catch him and do what he he did. I mean, he obviously purposely went close fist and tried to hammer it out. He, he managed yeah. to do what he wanted to do. Um, but yeah, from Chubb's point of view, just tuck it. Yeah, just it was it, it was great hustle by Jones. Reach. But yeah, yeah, and I think I'm not sure like actually tackling them there. I don't know if he would actually manage to have brought him to the ground. So there was like three Browns players around him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he did kind of the only thing he was able to do. He, he needed to make a big play and he made it. Yeah. And the the third one on the, on the third snap, do you put that down <laughs> as Mayfield? Do you put that down as him? Like, when who, I first, when I first saw it, I thought, what is Mayfield doing right now? But when you watch it again, uh, Lawrence Guy is like, so far into the backfield he, he blows him, yeah. uh, Batonio back it's like he knocks Jarvis Landry over he he really just should not be in a position to make that play but he was I don't know if you say that Mayfield should have a bit more awareness to, to not throw the pass Yeah, you should but, see but how he, far that lineman is and just get out of dodge really yeah but he did Um. But after that, I thought the Browns actually played pretty well. Um, they probably moved it as well as anybody else has this season. I think Mayfield went through a stage of like 12 passes in a row. 
yeah. at one point. Chubb was running for whatever he wanted all day. So, yeah, I, I guess it kind of shows how good the Patriots' defense actually is that they managed to keep the score the score down. Um, so, yeah, it's, I would say it's their first kind of big test, and, and they passed it, so <laughs> just hope they keep going. Yeah, I thought, um, in a way, and I said this um, before the game, was that, you know, keep Chubb inside their own 50 and, you know, let him run 30, 20, 30, 40 yards if you want. Just keep him inside that half where it's not in field goal range. It's not within, you know, near red zone possession or anything. It was just, And that was kind of what they did, generally speaking. So, But they kind of, you know, it, I felt sorry for the guy. Um come the end of play on Sunday evening because he he did his part. The, as far as I could see, that was their game plan, was to you know run the ball, get five or six yards um, a carry, and off the back of it, he did actually average 6.55 yards per carry. And fumbles. Um, so, yeah. But minus the fumbles, then... You can't minus, the, you can minus well, the fumbles. No, I know you can't, like, but you know the, what the I mean? Fumbles, at the end of the day, effectively cost them the game. In, ex- in excess of the fumbles, then, um, take the fumbles into account, and he's still done his part. And, you know, put f- put up short yardage for Mayfield to throw at receivers. And Beckham's got a hard time a lot this season. And I thought after the Seahawks game that they were starting to get, you know, a bit of synchronicity in, in the in the game between him and Mayfield, but there was one he was wide open, just completely dropped it. Whether you put that down to the weather or not, I don't think you can when you're as, as elite as he is meant to be. I can't remember um, the play. What happened? It was towards the sideline. Um, I don't know if Mayfield threw it too quick and he turned and the ball was on him or whatnot, but it looked like an open catch and he dropped it. Uh, I can't remember it. Um, um, I thought I didn't think. Beckham was open for very much the whole game, to be fair. Gilmore shut him down quite a lot, to be fair. Yeah, I, I think it was competitive, but like anything that Beckham was open for was sort of like short yardage, not, not, not really. He was definitely making sure he wasn't getting beat deep. No. Um, That's what I mean. Like the whole running game, whole receiving game was in front of the, the Patriots' defence, which was exactly where. I was happy for them to be, but at the same time, they were, you're right enough, they were in the game a lot longer than I thought they'd be, especially after what happened in that first quarter. Yeah, uh, when it, when there was that three turnovers, like I was kind of expecting. 30, 40, 50 points. Yeah, blow, blow out, but I think that's what concerns me about the Patriots offense. Like a couple of years ago, that is 50 points. Mm. But they stuttered, they missed field goals, they had a field goal block. Um, yeah, it was just... It, I, I don't want to say Achilles heel because I think they're better than that, but it is the main thing that concerns me, which is crazy yeah. when you think about it. <laughs> I don't know if you had, um, if you saw any of Red Zone at the same time you were watching the game in the, in the bar, they had, it was mainly Red Zone coverage we were watching and we kind of had the iPad on on as a side thing, watching what wasn't being shown in red zone. And granted, it was different weather conditions completely, but the Panthers 49ers game 
was more what I was expecting was going to happen after those series of three plays that um, put a 17 and 17-0 up uh, at the first quarter. That's what I was kind of expecting to happen, which obviously didn't um, come the end of it. That, but yeah, that's it is a concern. But I just think that they will come come good. Effectively, they will just be able to start scheming and running. I don't know if we've probably even seen maybe a third of the playbook this year. I saw something um, online this week that, you know, they've purposely played almost a vanilla playbook on Sunday, partly due to Sanu and the the line changes and such like with Mason going down, but partly, you know, the film that the Ravens will have for the game on Sunday night is completely different to what they'll actually produce on on the day. I'm, it's a bit of a stretch. I, of a I, 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 ne- I never buy those things. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a stretch of a theory. You, you don't keep massive chunks of a playbook hidden this deep into a season. A few plays here and there, maybe, but I can't see that there's two-thirds of a playbook that they haven't run. But for... No, I don't think so. But overall, you know, the defence obviously played well. The boogeyman came out in force. Hightower with a touchdown. I was actually wearing my Hightower jersey on Sunday night, so I was quite pleased with that one. Um, yeah. And then he what I want... left the tight end wide open. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> that as well. Um, <clears throat> cough, cough. Um, but what I was wanting to touch on with you as well um, is Jamie Collins again. He did another... Brilliant game, I thought. 13 tackles, including one and a half sacks. Yeah, I didn't actually realise he had that many tackles until I looked at the game book earlier. Um, I certainly saw him active, but I wouldn't have been able to tell you he was that active. Mm. Yeah, he wasn't, you know... But on, like, the tackles were all coming downfield. That was that was the only issue. Yeah, um, but what I was going to ask you was, do you think he's in contention or is the number one to be beaten in defensive player of the year um no he, i don't think he's even in with a shout you think no is that because they're just, just better players. he's a patriots player or okay and just better there, players there's, there's, yeah there's just better players elsewhere there's got guys out here with like 10 sacks already yeah right. It's um I I think what's actually going to kill the Patriots defense for like any sort of individual awards is that they're just very good all round. So not one no one player is going to get the credit for it. Mm-hmm. Like you've got Gilmore in the back end, you've got Jones in the back end, even McCourty. McCourty's got five picks already. Yeah, it's like they're all sort of spreading about. It's not one guy that's just dominating. It. So I think that'll probably hurt them in the end. But yeah, I, I just. Uh, if he keeps it going, maybe, but I just, I just can't see it. It's. Mm. I wonder if it'll just come partly come down to even if he does keep it up. I wonder if it'll come down to as you say, it's the them as a collective rather than an individual, and it's the Patriots. They'll look towards someone else because nobody's really speaking about him. That's why I wanted to bring it up with you because all I'm hearing especially after the weekend, is Cam Jordan and Nick Bosa. I mean, Nick Bosa did have an awesome game against the Panthers on Sunday, but that's the only two I've kind of really heard as vying for the the so-called trophy, 
Well, it's not something I've paid a lot of attention to, but like I think um, Garrett must be in with a shout. He's got like double digit sacks. Um, Shaquille Barrett, he's got ten sacks now as well. So it's like there's Mm -hmm. a guy there with a lot with a lot of numbers. What might help the likes of Collins towards the end of the season is if he does keep producing on like a sacks and interceptions basis then he might have enough stats like across all the board to just sort of like level out. He might not be the elite player in one of those areas, but he might have enough across all of them that it's like people look and go, wow, he's sort of producing everywhere. But yeah, I, I just kind of can't see it. I also yeah. don't buy that he's any better now than he was before. I think that's no. uh, some fabricated line that, the the Patriots fans that hate a player as soon as he's left, like, oh, he was never that good to begin with. Oh, but now he's back and he, he must be better than he was before. But no, I think he was actually just like always pretty I good. I don't think he's yeah, I I agree. He um he's come back. He's playing in a better same. defense now. I might yeah. help. Yeah. But he's come back the same player he was before. He was He's hungry. He was, he was on what am I trying to say? He obviously left for money and he was worth the money, but the Patriots just weren't willing to pay the money. So he went elsewhere. It yep. didn't make him a bad player. He didn't become a bad player overnight. He was a good player. He's always been a good player. He's come back a good player. I, I think it happens a lot with Patriots fans, though, as soon as a player leaves, oh, they're, sh- they're shit. It's... That's why people think Wes Welker is worse than Julian Edelman. I think a lot of that comes down to recency bias as well. It's more well, it does, but he also, head, but he also but left. Yeah. Oh, how dare he leave? Exactly. I think that's got a lot to do with it. So, so yeah, I don't think he's any worse. Uh, sorry, well, any better than he was previously. Yeah. Although, having said that, Danny Amendola is an absolute darling, regardless if he's left to go to two different shit teams or not. <laughs> I don't know if that would have made a difference that he's gone to two terrible teams or well one. Tell you, I'd like Danny Amendola right now. Well, yeah, that's maybe what it is. It's maybe why he's being seen in a different light, possibly. But he's the only one I can think of in recent memory that, yeah, you're right. The rest of them are just cast aside as soon as they've walked out the the front door. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to just before we finish up, I wanted to touch on the Browns because. Obviously, we've we've played them and we've talked a bit about them, but more um, more specifically, I wanted to touch on Freddie Kitchens himself. Oh, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, he is a donkey. <laughs> sack, sack him now. Fire him. Get get. Yeah. Him. Yep. It's awful. Yep. 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 Totally agree. I mean, fourth and eleven, punt team comes on realises he's oh. a million points down, has to get a false start to get the you know, the proper offence with Mayfield, etc. back on the field. Yeah, but then they actually... thinking that being five yards worse off is going to be any better than thinking, let's just keep them out there for the fourth and 11. So I, I don't know if you, you call this at the bar or whatever, but they actually had, I forget the the name of the sideline reporter. The sideline reporter actually gave a story as to why that was, and it made zero sense. 
they were going on about it, like stopping the clock and saving time. And I'm like, you just ran off 40 seconds, like <laughs> before your full fall started. What are you talking about? Yeah. He's a, he's a clown. Like he had yep. two challenges that were ridiculous. Yep. Like, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> the one on the pick play, like it's close, but it's beyond a yard and it's a pick play. You got caught, move on, nothing to see here. And then you couldn't challenge a pass interference. Let's face it, you're probably not going to win anyway, but it's way more likely you were going to win that than you were going to win the pick play one that you were called for. He's he's unbelievable. It's just... I saw it come up on, on the screen on Sunday night, so I went back and looked, and it was this time last year, week eight going into week nine, Hugh Jackson was fired. Greg Williams is promoted to the interim head coach. and Just three bad coaches there. And Freddie Kitchens was the running backs coach, promoted to offensive coordinator. Less than three months later, he is then given the head coach's job. Yeah, so the story is wow. that... The story I've heard people say is that Mayfield was lobbying for him. So I guess if your franchise quarterback is saying, I want this guy, you kind of have an obligation I mean, fair enough, he was the offensive coordinator. Mayfield did look good in that latter part of the the season. He actually came out as one of the contenders for Rookie of the Year at the end of it. However, just do the right thing, realise you're way out your depth, do a Greg Williams and go back to being a, well, in his case, a defensive coordinator, in Kitchen's case, offensive coordinator, whether that stay at the Browns or go somewhere else like Williams did. I mean... What are they going to promote the water boy to being the running backs coach next, and then see him as head coach in another twelve months? What a ridiculous decision! And it's yeah, he's a clown. Get him out the door now if I was a Browns fan or Browns um, head management. Just get him out now. See you later. It didn't work. Our experiment was shit. Get someone else in that's not the water by someone with actually a bit of sense about them because he's ridiculously shit. And I mentioned this, I can't remember if it was in one of our, I'm sure it was one of our previous pods that they were obviously one of the contenders that were being banded about and he had signs of creaking under the pressure then. I maybe mentioned it to um, Paul when he was on last week as well, that he's the one that, could be the the crux of this whole thing and after Sunday then yeah he is you, that that kind of talented team it's like Real Madrid or Man United using the under 19s coach and pro, you know you've just sacked Zinedine Zidane we're going to go and take the under 19s coach and he can be the manager and see how he gets on I bet you it works out in exactly the same experimental vein as what's happening in Cleveland right now yeah, they're definitely not performing to their talent level. Like they have a talented offense, they've got a talented defense. They just aren't showing it. So where does that lie? It can only lie at one place. Yeah. So yeah. Same in soccer. The manager gets it in the neck and he gets sacked. It should be the same with this. Yeah. They're they're speaking about Dan Quinn being in a hot seat in Atlanta. Surely Freddie Kitchens is mentioned in the same sentence at the same time. Anyway, that's my rant over. <laughs> um, right, Nick, unless there's anything else, I think we'll call it quits there. No, yeah, I think that's everything. Sweet. Well, um, 
Thanks everyone for tuning in to another podcast for Patriots Nation UK. I have been your host at Matt Inkster on Twitter. Nick, as always, you can find him on Twitter at the underscore panic. Um, the other usual um, business to attend to, um, housekeeping, rate, review and subscribe. Um, you'll find us on iTunes and all our good um, podcatchers, whichever one you've chosen to listen to um, this one on, you know, just hit that subscribe button ping us a little review on on iTunes or whatever method you can tell your friends, tell your mother, your dog and your sister to tune in and yeah, that's about it really so with that being said, this is Patriots Nation UK, I've been Matt Inkstar, he has been Nick Fife and we'll catch you up later in the week for the Ravens game